Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, hath given power and commandment to his ministers, to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all those who truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 13, page 355. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I seek counsel in my soul, and be so vexed in my heart? How long shall my enemy triumph over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, that I sleep not in death. Lest mine enemy say, I have prevailed against him. For if I be cast down, they that trouble me will rejoice at it. But my trust is in thy mercy, and my heart is joyful in thy salvation. I will sing of the Lord, because he hath dealt so lovingly with me. Yea, I will praise the name of the Lord Most Highest. The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt and become abominable in their doings. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men, to see if there were any that would understand and seek after God. But they are all gone out of the way, they are altogether become abominable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have they no knowledge that they are all such workers of mischief, eating up my people as it were bread, and call not upon the Lord? There were they brought in great fear, even where no fear was.
for God is in the generation of the righteous. As for you, ye have made a mock at the counsel of the poor, because he putteth his trust in the Lord. Who shall give salvation unto Israel out of Zion? When the Lord turneth the captivity of his people, then shall Jacob rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We begin at the fourth chapter of the apocryphal book Ecclesiasticus. My son, defraud not the poor of his living, and make not the needy eyes to wait long. Make not a hungry soul sorrowful, neither provoke a man in his distress. Add not more trouble to a heart that is vexed, and defer not to give to him that is in need. Reject not the supplication of the afflicted, neither turn away thy face from a poor man. Turn not away thine eye from the needy, and give him none occasion to curse thee. For if he curse thee in the bitterness of his soul, his prayer shall be heard of him that made him. Get thyself the love of the congregation, and bow thy head to a great man. Let it not grieve thee to bow down thine ear to the poor, and give him a friendly answer with meekness. Deliver him that suffereth wrong from the hand of the oppressor, and be not faint-hearted when thou sittest in judgment. Be as a father unto the fatherless, and instead of a husband unto their mother, so shalt thou be as the Son of the Most High, and he shall love thee more than thy mother doth. Wisdom exalteth her children, and layeth hold of them that seek her. He that loveth her loveth life, and they that seek to her early shall be filled with joy. He that holdeth her fast shall inherit glory, and wheresoever she entereth the Lord will bless. They that serve her shall minister to the Holy One, and them that love her the Lord doth love. Whoso giveth ear unto her shall judge the nations, and he that attendeth unto her shall dwell securely. If a man commit himself unto her, he shall inherit her, and his generation shall hold her in possession. For at the first she will walk with him by crooked ways, and bring fear and dread upon him, and torment him with her discipline until she may trust his soul and try him by her laws. Then she will return the straight way unto him and comfort him and show him her secrets. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the second chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. 
When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now let us thou, thy servant, depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to light in the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service. Grant, we beseech thee, that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life, that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So our first reading here comes from Sirach, or um, Ecclesiasticus, as it's also known. Um, we refer to these books as Deuterocanonical, uh, which is, I think is important. Deutero means secondary. So it's not as though they are kind of speaking about if they're part of the canon or not. We see them as being secondarily canonical. They're not extra canonical, uh, but they're secondarily so. And the kind of typical Anglican position on these has always been that we we learn from them, we read them for the edification of the church, don't derive doctrine from them. Having said that though, uh, Ecclesiasticus really does fall in line with much of what we call the wisdom literature that we read in the Old Testament. And the underlying thing here is there's this principle of trying to seek and then live according to wisdom, often personified as a woman. And the, the underlying idea here is that God has created all things through wisdom and in wisdom. And so in his creation, he has embedded in it a certain order, we could say, um, a certain way that things are within his creation. So the call of these, the underlying call of the wisdom literature is a call to live in accordance then with God's design. So to go against the grain, as it were, would be to seek one's own ruin and demise and to go with it then is what seeking contentment and finding contentment actually looks like. Also something that's very significant with this idea is that not only did God create the world in wisdom, but he chose not only in his providence, but in his grace, he chose to reveal his wisdom to us. So he actually chooses then to reveal himself, to share what it is that he desires, to share what it is that's good for humanity um, with his creation. This is significant, especially in the context of ancient religions where gods did not do this. Um, the whole idea that you could know what your God desires of you was a foreign concept. So this kind of gets rid of what is the false dichotomy that a lot of people believe of law versus grace. Um, from the perspective of ancient Israel, the giving of the law was a means of God's revelation. So law in that sense is grace. So the creator of the universe who has created things a certain way would choose to reveal himself and choose then to show the path that he wants his people to follow. So then in the first section of our lessons, lesson tonight in chapter four, the emphasis here is um, on goodness then being extended to the poor. Um, we often find so many ways to justify our neglect of the poor. And it's hard because oftentimes there's truth in our decision then maybe to not give to the person who asks or whatever it might be. I'm not saying that it's easy and that you should just give whatever anybody is asking. Um, but I think sometimes we should. Um, I heard one bishop actually mention that as a, as a Lenten discipline, to simply say yes and to give what anybody asks of you. Um, the thing is, is that there's always times in which, yeah, I think we're justified and not extending care to the poor. 
can't always do it. Sometimes it's not always helpful for them. But oftentimes we have these kind of ideas in our mind about how things are, and we're just simply justifying to ourselves our own reticence to do so. Um, passages like these, especially within the context of wisdom literature as well, force us to think then about um, neglect of the poor as going contrary to wisdom. We don't always think about it that way, but I think it's a helpful way uh, to picture it. And then the last section has gives this interesting idea of wisdom that shows up initially in a way that's kind of harsh, uh, that causes fear or causes cowardice, the text says. Um, so it's this idea that wisdom as discipline, which is initially burdensome, we all have the experience of this, but wisdom as something that is initially burdensome like discipline, but then it ultimately brings with it trust, it brings with it gladness, um, and it also brings more revelation than from the one who was giving the discipline, in this case being God. So then in our second lesson, so this is the, um, from Matthew 2, this is the epiphany reading of uh, the story, Matthew's story, the end of the infancy narrative, as we call it, with the arrival of the Magi. And it seems to me that we often think about this image, we often think about the Magi in terms of the gifts. We often think of them as the bearer of the gifts. And it's not that the gifts aren't important, they are, but I don't think that that's the primary image here from this story, from the Epiphany story. The most significant thing here, let's say it's the Epiphany image for our own reflection, for our contemplation and for our prayer, is this image of these three men lying prostrate with their faces on the ground, worshiping the baby Jesus. That's the image that's supposed to hit home and what we're supposed to leave reflecting on. It's an image of adoration and worship of the Christ child. And St. Matthew, as well as the early Christians then, have always seemed to see deep, deep significance in this image of these three men on their faces worshiping Jesus. And that is in, that in the arrival of the Magi, what we see here is the beginning of the Old Testament prophecy, the Old Testament um, promise to bring in the, uh, it's referred to, for example, in Isaiah 60 as the wealth of the nations. So it's this idea that when God restores his people Israel from exile, he's not only going to restore his own, but he's going to then bring in with it the wealth of nations, that is the non-Israelites as well. So in the epiphany, Jesus is manifested, and this is significant, so Jesus is manifested then to be not only the Messiah or the Savior to the Jews, but in this image then of these three Gentile kings, as it were, worshiping Jesus, we see that Jesus is revealed in the Epiphany as being also the Savior or the Messiah to the world, not just to the Jews. So we'll continue now with our intercession on page 590. And take a second, call to mind those you're praying for. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, 
and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings temporal and spiritual upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you, Father Kevin. Good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone. You too, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs>